Let's look at the passage, Hebrews 11, 8 and 10 today. We're going to, uh, in our series adjustments and talking about rearranging, we're looking at the life of Abraham. And I, I chose these passages in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, Lord, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And Lord, you look at all of us today. You look at everybody in this room, but you see me differently. I'm a teacher. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a great and a strict judgment more than anybody here. I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. Had a really good crowd in the early service, and thank you, really good crowd here today, and thanks for coming. When we are dealing with the series adjustments uh, and rearranging, we're talking about when God reveals things to us. So when God speaks to us, he's revealing what he is about to do. And he doesn't just reveal what he's doing just so he can watch us move around or be afraid or dodge it. This revelation to me and you is an invitation for us to be able to join him in what he is doing in his work. It takes adjustment, it takes surrender, it takes obedience, and it takes dependence on God. I'm saying this to all of us, but I predominantly say it to my own tribe of men in this room, that uh, God does not want us to lead our families to be independent of God. God wants us to lead our families to be dependent on God. And it, it, it grows deeper. The dependence on God is able to grow deep. Is exactly where he wants you to be. So in Hebrews 11, 8, uh, we call Hebrews 11, we call this the hall of faith. Because there's a listing of a lot of people named and some people who are unnamed that live their life of faith. So it says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, went out and went to a place uh, that he, uh, he was going to receive an inheritance and he didn't know where he was going. Abraham is known for his faith and he's known for his, his immediate obedience. There's a name change that happens. When God first revealed to Abraham, he was known as Abram. And then as he moved on in maturing in the Lord and the promise of it was becoming true, he changed his name. God changed his name to Abraham. But we're going to see the call of God where he is revealing to Abram what he's going to do in his life. And that's in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This, this is... The reveal party. We're into reveal parties about the gender of children. Uh, this is the reveal party from God to Abram on what he's about to be able to do. Let's walk through these three verses. The Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives, your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He's telling him and revealing to him what he is going to do in his life. And you read that. He's going to be a father of nations. He's going to be a father of all people. He's going to be a blessing. God uses him to be a blessing. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, we see what Abram did with this. So Abram went as the Lord has told him. He went as the Lord has told him. He reacted immediately to what God was doing. What do I want you to see in this sermon so far? I want you to see God's revelation to Abram. And I want you to see God asking Abram to join him in this, in this revelation, in this call. And I want you to see Abram responding. In a, in a moment, you're gonna see the adjustment he made and the rearranging he made, but hang on, this is gonna be a key part of the sermon in a, in a few moments. I want you to know that his saying yes to God blesses me and you today. He, he, he becomes known as the father of our faith. It blesses us here even in this very moment. The covenant he makes with God, the nations and the generations that he blesses, it has absolutely blessed us. Back to Hebrews eleven eight. It said, when he was called out, he obeyed and went out to a place that he was going to receive an inheritance. Here's the adjustment that Abraham made. Uh, the adjustment was, the emphasis on Abraham is his obedience and the calling that he heard. And he went out to a foreign land that wasn't his homeland. You know, a lot of times we may pray for our children. Uh, I'll, I'll say something about Andrew in a moment where uh, I know that God gave me a revelation about my boy. And uh, I, I, I wanna say that we can pray for God to use our kids, but usually we want him to call somebody else's kids somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We don't want him to call ours. We want him to call somebody else's children to go away from the homeland. But you need to understand that he, he went out to a foreign place uh, you're going to hear from Roxanne here in a moment at the end of the service. And Roxanne and Eric and their, their daughters have been a part of our church. And um, they're in Honduras working. And she's going to catch you up on what's going on there. And this certainly happened to them. Uh, they were called to a different land, to a different place that's not their homeland. Uh, I'm going to give you a map. We're going, to, we're going to get into a little bit of a seminary class here for just a moment. But I want you to see the journey that this is uh, over here on the right is where Abraham lived. That's his homeland. That's, that's his hometown. And when God called him, Abraham uh, took some of his family. He took his servants. Uh, he took his livestock. Uh, some people said being, watching him move through this area would be like watching a small city move. He had a lot. And he took his possessions with him. And he, he, he went, he's going north, and then he goes a little bit to the west, and then he comes down, and he even goes down a little further than Bethel there and comes back in to the Jerusalem area. We're talking about 1,100 miles, maybe 1,500 miles. Um, but he moved all those people. I want you to see the adjustment here. He went from an urban life to a nomadic life an urban life to a nomadic life. He went from a permanent home to living in a tent. 
I want you to see that situation. I, uh, my son Andrew and my daughter Laura, Laura lives in Austin, Texas, and uh, they say Austin, Texas is Nashville on steroids. Um, and it's just a real busy place, real millennial. Uh, it's just full of food trucks and, and, and she's a foodie, you know, and all the different places to eat there. And my son Andrew, he loves, the deeper he can get in the city, the more he loves it. And when I'm around my kids, I just shake my head going, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? I grew up in a town that didn't even have a caution light, you know? Um, a little town of about 500 people outside of Campbellsville. And, and, uh, uh, and then Campbellsville's not that big in itself, but at least they do have stoplights there. And I, I want you to, he's going from a city life to a nomadic life a permanent home to living in a tent. But um, in verse eight, if you'll bring up verse eight again, it says that uh, he is heading out, he is going to a place to receive an inheritance and he went there not knowing when he is going. In a moment, we're gonna show you that this is a promised place, a promised place. He didn't know where he was going. I give a leadership principle here out of this verse all the time, even to other pastors when I do pastor's conferences. And the leadership principle here is the world tells you that if you wanna be a good leader, you have to know where you're going. Like for example, let's say I, I came here new as your pastor. And some of you would say, hey Jeff, what's the seven year plan? Where, what's the seven year plan for the church? And uh, I don't even know where to get the brakes fixed on my car. And you're asking me what my seven-year plan for the church is. I don't even know who you are. See, the world, the world wants to say that a good leader knows where he's going. I want you to know that a biblical pattern here, it's not that a good leader knows where he's going, but a good leader knows who he's following. That is a kingdom principle out of this verse. A good leader knows who he's following. And Abraham's dependence and trust on the Lord is highlighted here. And it's, it's following a promise of God. We even sang a song about the God of promise. And we're gonna hit verses here in a moment about the God of promise. You see, if, if you can bring up that map again, if you will, in that map where he is located down in this area, uh, he is, uh, they, they said that these people worship, some, some wrote 500 different gods, lowercase g, lowercase g. You got it? You listening? Lowercase g. And, but whether it's 500 or not, it's a few hundred. Now hang on a moment. Why did Abraham follow this God? When he had so many hundred to choose from. Why? I believe the answer is this. Because our God is a God of promise. He is a God of promise. And he knew it. That's why he left and moved all that he had to be able to follow him. And even not knowing where he was going, he is a God of promise. And look at... Look at uh, Look at Hebrews eleven nine. Let's already let's go there for just a moment. 
He says, by faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the very same promise. Listen, listen. You might think Abraham is borderline insane, and you might think Abraham is crazy. You might think that, but let me tell you why he isn't. I'm a, I, I got a book, it's hard to find the book. It's a book by T.W. Hunt. T.W. Hunt is the best theologian I know, but he's not a theologian. At Southwestern Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth area, he was a professor of church music. But uh, Julie and I got to know T.W. Hunt personally. We got to spend days with him. And I've grown to love him. He's with the Lord now. He's got some great Bible studies called The Mind of Christ and lots of books on prayer. But this one book that I, I, I got a hold of and I had to buy it used because I couldn't find it is called Seeing the Unseen. Seeing the Unseen. And how he prayed, Lord, help me to be able to see the unseen. Let me go back to last Sunday's sermon for just a moment. What happened with Noah when Noah was told that he's gonna build an ark, and by all indication, he was probably a farmer, but he's gonna build an ark. God gave him instructions on what to be able to do, gave him 120 years to do it, gave the people 120 years to turn their life around. Uh, he preached righteousness to them. In fact, it worsened, they didn't. Their, their evil became worse in the 120 years. What did that? Because, listen to me, this is important. Noah was able to see the unseen. That's why he did it. When it comes to Abraham, what made him take his family and leave and leave an urban life for a nomadic life, leaving a permanent home to living in a tent and his family living in a tent? What did that? It looks crazy to me. Follow God not knowing where you're going, that's crazy. You know what the difference is? He was able by faith to see the unseen. Do you see that? Let me, let me show you a scripture verse that Paul used, and uh, this becomes an incredible challenge for me and you. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. We're going to look at verse 17. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. That we're all going through a lot. We're all going through a lot. And you and I are going, man, I'm carrying a heavy load through this world. But I want you to see where Paul said, what you're going through compared to what you're going to receive in eternity is light. Do you see the way he's written this? We're going to get into some literary criticism here for just a moment. See, the, for our momentary, he calls our affliction light. And it is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. Compare, listen, listen, listen to me. This world is not fair and it won't be fair to you. And some of you have been victimized, you've been abused and you've been wronged. But you hang in there cause one day God is going to take every wrong and make it right in your life. 
God is going to take every odd and make them evil. Not evil, sorry about that. That wasn't a word of knowledge that I pray for on a regular basis. And make them even. Make them even, okay? He's going to do that. He's going to make the ground level. It's all a light affliction. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll let you look into my life, okay? Eight, right at, I'm in some capacity, either preaching them or involved in them, eight funerals from Sunday to tomorrow. Can I tell you I'm tired of funerals? Okay, you understand. You won't throw anything at me, right? Then last night, I was getting ready for bed. I was really, really wanting to getting ready for this sermon. I, I love this series, whether you do or not, but I'm loving the study of it. So getting ready for bed. We get a phone call from the nursing home. And what I'm about to tell you is sweet and sad at the same time. So um, Papa can't hear it thunder, okay? I want you to know that. Now, he's in room 306, and his bride, Meemaw, Mary Alice, is in room 308. There's a wall that divides them. So Papa went to bed, and uh, he, uh, he said he heard Meemaw call for him. Well, he had to be dreaming, because he can't hear us right beside him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Papa gets out of the bed, and he falls. And uh, 23, 23 uh, staples in his head. We had to take him to the emergency room in uh, Danville and uh, got him taken care of there. Had to get him back to the Willows, the nursing home. Everybody was great. So uh, we got him back there about 3.30. Your pastor got home about 4.30. I haven't slept since Friday night. And uh, I, I looked in, in, in this verse, I looked at it and I, I could say, man, I'm going through a tough time, eight funerals, Papa fell. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. All of it is a light affliction to compared to what he's going to give me in glory. Do you understand? Now, is that a big deal? I mean, I, somebody said, I heard you hadn't had any sleep. I said, I'm not responsible for anything that I preach today, <laughs> okay? <laughs> But I, uh, am I tired? Of course I'm tired. Is, are there times that I'm going, God, like many of you, I can say this about Jason and the care for his mom and, and many people. Christy's mom's going through a difficult time and, and uh, there's a lot of, sure. I mean, could we think, man, I'd love to get on the other side of this, you know? But let me tell you, the other side I'm talking about is this. So, you see, we, it, but we've got to be able to see that. And look at verse 18. This is what Paul pushes right with this verse. We do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is unseen? For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And you know why Abraham looks crazy to a world that doesn't believe? Is because they've never seen the unseen. Abraham was able to make this move and not know where he is going because he was able to see the unseen. Yes. Noah was able to take the revelation of God 
and build that ark for 120 years and take all that ridicule and harassment as he preached righteousness. And he's able to do it because he was able to see the unseen. T.W. Hunt in his book, Seeing the Unseen, said this verse compelled him to pray, God, help me to see the unseen. One time in the life of Hope Church, uh, when our children were younger, Andrew was in junior high, I believe, <clears throat> we were going to a youth event in, uh, in uh, Rupp Arena. And so, uh, you know, the basketball floor was gone. It was all set up like you'd be set up for a concert. And uh, we went with our church. I think we had 25 or 30 go. And Steve Rose was our, our, our youth pastor. We went. And when we got there and we got checked in, the guy that was putting the, uh, the whole venue together, the whole conference together is a good friend of mine and he saw me and he goes, hey Jeff, he said, uh, can I use your students because we need some security. And he said, we, we just need to place them some places so that people won't go there and let, help your students, help them uh, redirect them to where they need to go. And our kids wanted to do it because they got cool security shirts, you know? I mean, I think they took showers in them for weeks. They just wore them all the time. So we did that. Made Steve mad. Steve got mad at me. I didn't ask him. I should have, but I didn't because he had plans of our kids sitting together. And so they, they were working. So we were on the floor. It hadn't started yet. I saw a guy up uh, in the lower arena of Rep Arena that I hadn't seen in, in a long time. And I went up to see him. And as I was going up the steps, I hit an invisible wall. Now remember, Andrew's in junior high. I hit an invisible wall. Not a wall you could see or I could see, but I could not take another step. I mean, it's like, boom, I hit this wall. And God said to me, I've got a call on your son, Andrew. I just lost it. Man, I just started weeping. Started weeping. And, and I, I didn't tell Andrew because I didn't, I, I wanted that to be God revealing that to Andrew. We know that Andrew's a pastor now. And it was years later that he responded to that. What happened there? God let me see the unseen. He let me see the unseen. So you, you, don't, think, you don't need to think that people who see the unseen are weird. We need to think that those who don't see the unseen are weird. <laughs> Because look what Paul said. We do not focus on what is seen. That's easy. But on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. <clears throat> if we continue on, look at verse 10. Hebrews eleven ten. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose architect and builder was God. Listen, Abraham was done with this world. When you see the unseen, this world means nothing. He'll leave a permanent home to live in a tent, but look what he's looking for. You know why? Because God let him see it. Why did he choose our God instead of all those lower, hundreds of lowercase g's? Because our God is a God of promise. He's a God of promise. And he promises, and he, he comes through with his promises, whose architect and builder is God. He's, he's looking, he, he's, he's wanting the things of God. And when you see the unseen, that is what happens. 
to all of us. He trusted God for the roadmap and he also trusted God for the blueprint. He trusted that with him. And look what we say about him today. He is the father of our faith. But there came a name change. A name change from Abram to Abraham. The name change happens when the revelation and the obedience occurs. The name was Abram. It, mean, it meant revered father, like a patriarchal father. But the promise was he was going to be a father of nations and people. So they changed it to Abraham, which means father of many people. And when a name change occurs, it shows a newer and a deeper relationship with God. We know that happened with his wife, Sarah. We know that it happened with the apostle Paul. His name was Saul. We know it happened with Simon Peter. And it's happened with other people. Let me get you on a, a real curious Bible challenge and study and search. The scripture says that when we get to heaven, that we're going to have a new name. We're gonna be known by how we reacted and walked with God. I'm not gonna know you by your name. Says you're gonna have a new name. I, I grew up Southern Gospel, you know, being a preacher's kid. And I can remember a good old Southern Gospel song. Some of you are gonna remember it. There's a new name written down in glory. And yes, it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. I know you're dying for me to sing it. I know you are. But I won't. Okay. Thank you. Danny, you can be late next Sunday. How about that? All right. You come to the third service, Danny. All right. You just come to that one. Uh, I love hecklers. I do better with hecklers, actually. Uh, <clears throat> I don't even know where I was. Oh, I was, in the, I, was in the, I was in the song. Yeah, there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And when a new name occurs, it means a newer and a deeper relationship with God. He goes from Abram and he goes to Abraham. I want you to look at uh, this deep relationship. I want you to look at what, what God calls Abraham and scripture reveals it. In James chapter two, verse 23. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Look at here. And he was called God's friend, the friend of God. Look at second Chronicles 27, 20 verse seven. <clears throat> Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before you? your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Isaiah 41, eight. But you Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, who is my friend, who is my friend. He reveals, and he reveals in an incredible way. And even though Abraham acted individually, listen to this, a community followed. Look, listen, when God reveals something to you and you're going, well, what will he reveal to you? He might not ask you to be the father of nations. He may not ask you to build an ark. He may just say, I want you to stop the sin that you're living in. He may reveal to you and say, I want you to stop. When you do that, when you adjust your life to what God has revealed to you, listen to me. It will not only affect you as an individual, it will move a whole community of people.
Are you listening? It will affect generations even in your family. God may, God may reveal to you not only your sin, but someone you need to connect with. Someone you need to encourage. He may reveal to you a name. And all he wants you to do is just connect the dot. Just connect the dot. But you may move as an individual, but a community will be able to follow. Know that everybody who did this, everybody we're going to study, they knew it was God when he was talking to them. Recently, in a game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Go Bengals, who day? We know what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the field. And after that hit, all of you, most of you already know that he, he went into cardiac arrest, he coded on that field and he was brought back to life. Kyle Brandt with ESPN interviewed Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. Josh Allen said that I'm not a great follower of Christ like I should be, but something happened to me that day. He said, God revealed to me, he said, God is real, and he revealed to me in that day. He said, the experience that I had was real. It was, it was earth-shaking to him. Uh, he, he continues to talk about it being a spiritual awakening in his life. Now, I don't, I don't know what God revealed, but I, I think we could guess at it, that it probably had to do with his own mortality. His own mortality. You know, the people that we haven't ate funerals for this week, they didn't know that they were gonna have funerals for them this week. And I, I may be speaking to some people that I may be having your funeral by the end of this week. I'm just telling you, you need to be ready. God will reveal to you and he'll let you see the unseen. And when he lets you see the unseen in your life, move to it, adjust to it. It will not only affect you as an individual, it will affect a community of people. And listen, Abraham's a blessing, you can be a blessing. Abraham was obedient, you can be obedient. Abraham worshiped God, you can worship God. Abraham had a covenant with God, you can have a covenant with God. All those things, you can, you can be exactly everything that went on in his life. So the invitation for you is this, you may not know how to respond. I don't know what God wants you to adjust or to rearrange in your life. But let's look at it this way. David in Psalm 51, after his sin and his, his asking of forgiveness for the Lord was this. And, this. and I'm gonna speak to my tribe, to all the guys out here. Man, this generated me. This generated me. I, I was on a wayward way early in my life in our marriage. If I'd have stayed in what I was doing, guys, I, I would not be married to Julie. Our, our marriage was a disaster, and it was because I was a disaster. God had revealed to me what he wanted me to do, and I didn't want to do it. And I was determined I was gonna live my life and be the director of my own life instead of him being Lord of mine. And when I realized what I was doing was only worsening the situation, I, I prayed the prayer out of Psalm 51 with David. I said, God, I need you to create a new heart in me. 
And I need you to renew a steadfast spirit within me. And only he can do that. And he will do that because he is a God of promise. That is what he does. Maybe you need to join me in that prayer. God, give me a new heart. And God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. In this invitation, will you join me in that prayer? Father, I pray over our people. There are things that you are revealing right now to people. And I pray, Father, for the courage to people here today to pray, create in me a new heart, oh God. And renew a steadfast spirit, your spirit within me today. May that be your prayer. The invitation is this, whosoever will for whatever reason today, you come. Church, would you stand with me? Logan and the team are gonna lead us. Counselors, you find your place here. Robert, Steve, all the rest of you, you come. They're here to receive you, you come. Whosoever will for whatever reason today, you come. God bless you.